Last Friday, I did a long video on Prime Trust, the fact that they had likely lost private keys and then bought coins to fill the hole. The fact that Prime Trust was likely fraud and would end up in receivership. And here we are now, and the hole is much bigger than we expected. But as you dig in deeper, the story is just absolutely insane. I've spent probably the last 15, 16 hours, minus two or three hours of sleep, trying to dig into TUSD, TrueUSD, haven't really come to any grand conclusions, but we're going to discuss everything that I'm seeing. Also, quite a bit of other news. I have four guests today. We've got Josh Frank from The Tide, seemingly always here, of course, Mike Maloney. We've got Chris Inks and Crypto Burb in the back half to share their favorite trades of the moment. We got a lot to cover, guys. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and hit that like button. As I said, guys, this is just insanity. Yet another trusted and regulated institution in the crypto space that turned out to be basically an outright fraud, seemingly. But now it's time to dig into what the implications are. Luckily, as I said before, it seems that uh, they didn't really have much assets that they were custodying at this point because everybody had left. Makes you wonder why everybody seemingly left this custodian over the last year when this news is just breaking now, wondering if they knew something that we don't at some point, or if it was just uh, they didn't like that the business was being managed in the way it was. They had some turnover, obviously, in executives. That's all conjecture, not even worth figuring out. But before we dig into that later, there's quite a bit of other news I want to discuss. I'm going to bring on my friend Josh Frank right now, and we're going to talk through some of the bigger stories that are happening right now. What's up, man? I just think the funniest thing today is that we're talking about two companies with the name Trust in them uh, blowing up or having issues. Gotta love crypto. Uh, Sorry, I just had to lead off with that. Ah, uh, man. Listen, so... I'm getting mean, great if you're wondering how I'm doing. Take a quick look at the market. I always just look at the tie, obviously, which is your platform here. Bitcoin down about 2% 2 at 30000 Everything just kind of flat 2% to 4% here. Kind of seems like things are moving sideways. We had that big move up uh, from roughly 25 to 31, and seems like the market's now just absorbing that. Now, we're going to talk about why that may have happened. Obviously, the first story here, MicroStrategy has acquired an additional 12,333 Bitcoin for $347 million. These guys have endless dry powder. At an average price of 28136 as of 627, MicroStrategy has 152,333 Bitcoin acquired for $4.52 billion at an average price of 29668 for Bitcoin. They're only up about uh, 350 bucks here for, for Bitcoin at, at this point. It's really impressive. I mean, they, they've made like, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatever, a couple million dollars off their multi-billion dollar investment, but they're up. They're up now. That's that's. I mean, it was, I mean, like, it was down for so long. I mean, they were down for so long. It's nice to see this cost base is coming down. But interestingly, the right here, which you also, you also have the interest expense, right? They borrowed a lot of money. So presumably they're not as up as it. Yeah, maybe down. And this is a funny take. Sailor bought almost twice as much as all so-called institutionals together. And this is the, this is the chart. As you pointed out, this is all the ETFs. But, but I mean... It's kind of hilarious that when you look at how much he bought and that massive price rise, that maybe he was the bid in those U.S. hours that we saw massively going up for the last few days. He, he probably was part of the bid. Um, 
He continues to be the bid. When no one else is bidding, he's bidding. But look, I mean, right now, the narrative is flipped entirely on Bitcoin, right? Everyone is bullish Bitcoin. You have the you know, the BlackRock ETF in the waiting. You have the Fidelity ETF, which is seemingly about to be announced. You know, all these large ETF, uh, large traditional ETF issuers list, uh, launching ETFs. The narrative has switched from crypto to Bitcoin over the last few weeks. Seller right now is like a genius. He couldn't go out and buy $4.5 billion worth of Bitcoin today without moving the price up to probably 50 grand, right? So he's in, he's got his cost basis now. So, you know, for, for whatever you thought of him for the last couple of years, you know, he's, he's, he looks a lot smarter today than he looked six months ago. Yeah. I, I mean, I think CZ tweeted dollar cost averaging works or something to show the point, but I, I just wonder now if, when you look at the volume, because obviously the books have been thin, we there's historically like low volume uh, of trading and liquidity on the actual exchanges. Did this 400 million significantly move price? I mean, still there's I think, what, 50, 60 billion in trading on Bitcoin a day. It's, it's not a huge amount. I think the buying, the announcement was it started April 13th-ish or something like that. So it was over the last two months. This wasn't right now. This right. was this was the accumula accumulation of two months. You know, he could have been buying, you know, 10 million bucks a day. But I think the great thing is he keeps buying and MicroStrategy just had an awesome quarter. They just made like 400 million in the quarter. So they keep having all forget that like that actual business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like it. They uh, apparently they had lost 100 and something million in the in the previous uh, uh, the, the same quarter last year. And, you know, they had a good quarter now and were able to use those proceeds to buy Bitcoin. So keep doing it. You know, that's it, it's definitely helps. Kitcoin Crypto Exchange introduced mandatory KYC in July. Is there anywhere left on the planet that you're not going to have to KYC to trade besides DeFi, which the SEC is going to come after next? Well, I think soon you're going to have to KYC for for DeFi as well. Um, I think one of the the cool um, you know innovations of crypto is is having or, or, or that 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 has been talked about, which obviously does not play well into the you know privacy part of what some people like about crypto is the idea that. You could be KYC'd by a centralized entity and then have something attached to your wallet. And then anytime you interact with the platform, you don't need to individually KYC, but you can use it, which is great to get, you know, widespread institutional adoption of digital assets. But I, I, don't, I don't think that there are, uh, look, everyone needs to offer KYC. KuCoin definitely has American customers. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're tweeting about their trades all day. So it's not, so, yeah, it's not that's it's 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 the end of the party, but uh, there's still more exchanges. Like uh, uh, there's there's still lots of exchanges that you don't need a KYC on, but few that I would trust. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Is that like now, if you haven't offered KYC, it's almost an impediment because people are going to be like, "Dude, how shady are you that you don't have anything?" Yeah, and I wonder how many market makers are going to feel comfortable trading on the exchange as well. And I think you know there'll be dry liquidity. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, here's the one I want your opinion on because I've been so outspoken about it. Breaking, FTX is moving ahead with efforts to revive its cryptocurrency exchange per Wall Street Journal. Come on, man. Come on. I have I have no different of a reaction than you do. I, I, who is going to use it? Who's going to trust it, right? Like maybe you have some crypto native folks that I, I love that first, you know, tis but a flesh wound uh, Monty Python meme there. <laughs> but it's... uh. I it's it, it, I, like no institution is going to go within 5,000 miles of an FTX 
But they're saying they would rebrand and the technology is good and that, uh, you know, they could get money back for creditors by accruing value to the token. First of all, like FTT. So are you going to make a new token? You can still use FTT. Also, any token you issue or FTT are going to be unregistered securities, according to the SEC. Well, undoubtedly, it's definitely if it's accruing accruing value, uh, if that's the pitch. Yeah, I mean, that. that but like, are there, th- okay, maybe the only more damaging letters to the perception of crypto than FTX are SBF, but it's still the same, right? But I mean, can you imagine literally like every person on the planet would think that this new exchange and the entire space was a fraud if they relaunched this? I can't wrap my head around it. There's no way their tech is so superior to anything we've seen in other exchanges that we need FTX to relaunch. Well, also keep in mind, I mean, what the SEC has come out and said is they want people to separate the exchange from the custody, from the clearing, right? FTX was, you know, FTX was holding customer assets, which is how they were able to draw, you know, draw down $9 billion of customer assets uh, and, and, and use it for, you know, you know, personal reasons or investments in AI companies and things that had nothing to do with crypto. I, it, it is, I, Gary, Gary is not going to be happy with this. Uh, well, exactly. Be happy if they find out uh, that one of those luxury uh, states in the Bahamas is his. I'm just kidding, guys. That's, un, that's un, un, unfiltered. They would give him one house. They'd give him a whole community. What, it's, yeah. He, he takes offense to thinking they'd only give him a house. That's right. But uh, that was like, I think the funniest Bruce Fenton tweet. I, I once uh, tweeted something like, I really wish CZ had hired Gary Gensler. You know, like looking back, it's obviously all this heat. And Bruce Fenton uh, responded to me that FTX had hired him instead. <laughs> Just, I don't know. It kind of made me giggle. And this one that obviously we discussed yesterday, you kind of sent to me worth discussing. Grayscale Delta estimated revenue reaches record level. So basically, GBTC and ETHE, even though there's no redemptions and basically no inflows at this point, are making record money now. Curious that they're trying to convert to an ETF, which would eliminate all of this earnings. So is that smoke and mirrors or is that something they're actually trying to do? I, it, it, it sounds like they're actually trying to do it. I mean, they're suing the SEC. So I think the belief has to be, look, they're taking two and a half percent of the NAV and fees, which is which is giant. Presumably, I think they'd have to move to like one percent or one point two five percent, maybe even less. With an ETF, and I think what they're betting on is, if they sue, they win and they get the ETF first. Then maybe they get enough inflow that kind of, you know, overtakes that number. And I think and if also, ten times the AUM, they can charge a tenth of the fees and make the same amount of money, type thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think also look at some point this party is over because the shareholders are so pissed and they just sue and sue and sue and sue and sue, and sue um, Grayscale. So I don't know. I mean, I think they kind of, I think they feel like they have to do it. Like they could allow redemptions now without converting into an ETF. But the problem is every single person would redeem. redeem. (laughs) Yeah. So, 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 but I think the belief is if it moves to an ETF, maybe people will sell the shares as opposed to redeeming, right? They can continue to earn magic fees. Maybe it's not as high, but I think the important thing here is 44 million in revenue is humongous. It's a 60 person team. You know, I have to guess their cost is less than, you know, I don't know, 20 million a year, maybe. And so 20, 30 million a year. And so, you know, you, 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 you model that out. That's 500 million revenue business. That's, you know, that's, that's got 30 million expenses. 
you know, you're making 470 in profit. The reason that I think it's important is 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 DCG has a lot of you know money that they owe, and at this continued rate, they can pay that money back. Yeah, it's the only way. I mean, you can see GBTC, just look at the chart really quick. It's up, you know, way more than Bitcoin. I mean, on that first Bitcoin move up, I think Bitcoin is up five or six, seven percent in a day and GBTC was up like 17 percent. So clearly this is a discount closing. If they get back to NAV, right, um, you know. You made an extra 44 percent if you've well, no, no, no. <laughs> you make You don't make an extra 44 percent. You don't. You actually don't. They charging the the percentage on NAP, so right. you actually don't make an extra. That's I was just thinking that, but you don't. You don't. Yeah, a percentage of that, right? Correct. Sorry. So even if that discount went to ninety percent, they'd still make forty four million dollars a for them, right? But I'm talking about the you. I, I wasn't talking about Grayscale. I'm talking about people who are buying GPTC, anticipating this uh, discount when this discount closing. And then obviously at the same time, because of all the BlackRock ETF hype and Fidelity ETF hype and everybody else ETF hype, weekly inflow to crypto investment products hits 199 million largest since July 22. This is mostly specifically to BITO, I think we call it BITO, the uh, futures ETF, the first one that was launched ahead of Valkyrie's BTF. And then obviously we saw the 2X leverage ETF launch this week. So there is some real action here, right? Yeah, I mean, it's real money. And look, I think it shows that there is demand for an ETF, right? The fact that people are putting money in, in Bido, I think shows that there is demand for an ETF. There will be a lot of buying when an ETF launches. Um, and, and I mean, I think on 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 you know the, the Twitter spaces that you hosted yesterday, I think one of the guests said that, you know, they had heard rumblings that there was already single digit billions in demands for the BlackRock ETF that BlackRock had 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 in the in the couple of weeks since since the announcement or since the filing so shows that there is there's clearly demand and with an, an ETF with iShares name on it uh you know presume there would be a, a tremendous amount of, of of demand that exceeds that all right the, the last thing in the title before I, we start talking about prime trust TSD is Celsius and Robinhood altcoin dump question mark obviously everybody those I think that as of yesterday Robinhood and we've seen screenshots of Robinhood liquidating people Solana Matic ABA basically those are the three that were named in the suits and now we know that Celsius is gonna liquidate those into Bitcoin and Ethereum hilarious because it's probably when Bitcoin dominance is the highest and they're worth the lowest versus Bitcoin not hilarious I'm sorry to Celsius creditors and that Robinhood is liquidating do you think this meaningfully impacts the altcoin market uh, especially for those coins. Well, I mean, if if it, it sounds like Robinhood sold yesterday, right? That's and they were supposed to have, yeah. So Lana's down. We didn't see it. Two percent. Yeah. Maddox down five percent. If that's it, it's not maybe it's OTC. Anyway, it's not like they're dumping it on their own uh, platform, right? Yeah, they could be selling it. I, look, potentially some of the tokens could be buying back, you know, out of their own treasury more of these tokens to soften the blow. I don't know how they're selling it. I assume they're probably selling it through Coinbase OTC if I had to guess. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, it, it it's the impact has been insignificant. And in crypto, we have a lot of a lot of buy the rumor, sell the news. In this case, it could be sell the rumor, buy the news. Um, you know, I think there's been a lot of I mean, if we look over the last, you know, 30 days, you know, for example, you know, Bitcoin's up 8%, ETH is only down 2%. But if you look, Solana's down 22%, Polygon's down 30%. I mean, just that. Right, well, there was that day where they all dropped 30% and Bitcoin was like flat, right? Two Fridays ago or whatever it was, the absolute bloodbath. Right, so, the, so I mean, these, these they've already, look, just because things down 90% doesn't mean it can't fall another 90%. We know that. We've seen that in crypto many times. But with that said, I think, I will, I mean, I think we still have the Celsius selling to come. But if 
if the selling for Robinhood already happened, this is a pretty good sign um, that that the impact is going to be minimal. All right, I'm gonna now listen. We're gonna shift and we're gonna talk about Pride and Trust. So listen, what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna go through all the nonsense that I've seen. I'm gonna bring on Michael as well here. What's up, Michael? How are you, man? Doing well. How's it going over there? <laughs> Good. You look like you're in the Matrix. It's cool. You guys are very. I need to like blur my backgrounds. I feel like I'm not in the. Red how does he know how to blur my background? I think it just blurred itself. But you did it. Cool. You're literally in the Matrix. It's like Inception. That's actually what Josh's room looks like, guys. That's not a. That's. I not mean, a Facebook's metaverse. There's no one else in here. Oh, well, you also, which means you also have no legs. Um, and so, listen, my dude, like you and I have been talking, kind of in a couple WhatsApp groups, trying to dig into what's happening here. I haven't come to any firm conclusions. I know that you haven't either, but I want to share kind of what uh, we've been going through here. You guys could just comment at any given point here. So obviously, guys, uh, the Nevada FID files petition to place prime trust into receivership. And the allegation here, which I've effectively been making for weeks, FID alleged prime trust lost access to legacy wallets in 2021 and used customer assets to buy back crypto. So basically, if someone wanted to redeem, they would replace those assets without their customer funds and hope that the uh, music never stopped in this game of musical chairs, right? And then... Prime Trust owes customers $85,670,000. That's about $60 million more than we thought because they were looking for $25 million to avoid bankruptcy. They only have about $3 million, $2.9. And then as to digital currency, Prime Trust owes $69 million to its clients. By the way, there's a custodian. There should never be a hole. That money should be there regardless of how poorly they operate their business. But they only have $68,648,000. The fucking crazy part, pardon my French, is that the bulk of that, at least 61 million of that 68 million is in one coin, which is audio. And they hold 33% of the supply. Can somebody explain to me why Prime Trust, which has $68 million in assets, has most of that in one altcoin uh, when they're supposed to be a custodian? Any theories on that, guys? Because I have nothing. Mike? Well... The audio part of it is really interesting. It, I want to shift back to the Nevada one because the Nevada claim is that a losses are all in fiat and that they spent it all. And I want to point out that that means that they deliberately took advantage of a gap in qualified custodian roles. The SEC maintains that you have to keep all crypto assets for each customer separate. That appears to actually have happened, but then they dipped into the omnibus account and drained possibly up to $120 million at the time, back in 2022, 2021, and then bought a whole bunch of new assets. Maybe some of those assets they bought were audio. There's just- So no- somebody custody, like, did somebody come to custody? Like, yeah, I'm sure they did, but like, why that? Did they think they had some like inside insight that this was going to pump massively and it was going to fill their hole? They'd be able, because I mean- Anyone with a brain knows that if you own 31% of the circulating supply, no matter how high the price goes, you're never going to be able to get it out. Well, I mean, there's been plenty of people who have thought that if you hold over 31%, you'll be okay. But FTT, Ripple, maybe we don't need to go into all of them, but it seems like somebody made a fundamental error and went all in on audio. I think if we went through the uh, marketing team and who was over there, you might see some overlap. Yeah, and so I think there was also some question as to how the private keys actually got lost, how this happened. Josh, you and I are discussing this before, but effectively, they, I mean, you can say the, the basics. I have, I have this story from Coindesk here, if you want me to share it. Yeah, please. Um, 
I think I might have it too. Is it is it this one? The Nevada places. You know, you're better. Um, no, it's this one. Nevada files to place crypto custodian prime trust into receivership. Well, I'll yeah. Think of it. yeah. Uh, prime trust entered an agreement with Fireblocks to have the latter company manage its crypto assets, which, which was completed in 2020. In 2021, after Prime Trust saw new management, it set up legacy wallet forwarding for wallets that were either on Firebox, Fireblocks' platform or set up to forward to wallets on Fireblocks' platform, the filing said. However, in December 2021, Prime Trust, quote unquote, dis quote, discovered that it was unable to access its legacy wallets or cryptocurrencies held in those. You have one job. Yeah. Well, the timeline on that is also really interesting. So they they brought back the legacy wallet after they had completed the Fireblocks integration. And I want to be very clear here. Like, I don't think Fireblocks is the issue. Fireblocks is the back end for most of the custodial industry. And they all find trust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, I, I'm not funny Fireblocks at all. But yes, go and Fireblocks sure. that's the key though. That's the key. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Prime Trust didn't take them up on it, it appears, but the hilarious part is they brought back this legacy wallet from 2021 that had been mothballed in 2019. We know that there were a number of network upgrades on BTC that would have made that a very bad decision between 2019 and 2021. They lost control in December. October, the founder, Scott Purcell, left and started Fortress. That same Which is where everybody's now custody who left Prime Trust. Yeah. The there's a and I left under a cloud of fraud with lawsuits saying that he had stolen all the intellectual property and taken a whole bunch of NFTs because he had pivoted their business at bank, not at Prime Trust, yeah, uh, into NFTs, and then left, went to Fortress, and now that's the guy who's running it. And all these platforms that are bragging about the fact that they escaped Prime Trust have gone to the same guy. Okay, yeah. So that, here's my next question, though, and this is something that I tweeted yesterday because I don't really know the answer, although people have given it. Now I'm getting a glitch here. Interesting question. Prime Trust was regulated and presumably audited, right? And we'll get into how that's through one link oracle. But this is a federally and state regulated company. Even though they lost private keys, could they still provide proof of reserves as the coins were still in the wallet? Is there a proof of keys required to prove access to the wallet? Because if they're just showing an auditor, here's the wallet, the cute coins are there. They've lost the keys, not the coins, right? But then I quickly got a response from a, from CKB. Auditors may request management to transfer a specified amount of a crypto wallet's balance between crypto wallets controlled by the entity and inspect the blockchain record for the occurrence of the transaction. So apparently it's very common. You send one sat from one of your wallets to another. It proves that you have ownership. This is a year and a half, almost two years, and no auditor caught the fact that they didn't have these assets. How can that literally possibly happen? So there's two things that happened over that 18-month period. It appears that they didn't comply with any of the state or federal regulations for a public audit. And as a result, they lost over seven licenses during that time. The other is they got their SOC 1 and SOC 2 certificates at the end of, of uh, 2022. So there was a audit firm on site ensuring that they actually had the technical capabilities to maintain keys. But it doesn't appear like well, that's not what it's not a stock audit doesn't have anything to do with your I mean, we're stock audited. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with we're not a custodian. I mean, a stock audit just says that you have controls in place to protect, you know, data and information and things like that. So I, I don't I mean, whoever stock audited them wasn't doing that's what Mike's saying, right? I mean, yeah, you're no. saying like they, they, they could prove that they have the technology or the ability to make a transfer and not have to prove that they could do it. Right? I don't even think a stock auditor would look at 
that? Well, you know, they're looking at documentation and papers. They're not actually looking at it, which is going to call on the question SOC audits for the crypto industry. Maybe we need a SOC 3 or a SOC crypto or something like that. But yeah, I, look, I, I used to be at AY. I started their distributed ledger technology practice. The partners that have been elevated there for the audit side would 100% have demanded at least two transfers of every single coin. Yeah, they just don't understand how this didn't happen if they're regulated. It just makes no sense to me. Who now we can get into like- Was their auditor? Was it? Who was their auditor? Oh, oh we'll get into that. Who? What's their name? New? I have that here somewhere. Uh, uh, it's branded the most awful team in the metaverse. Oh, sorry, it, Josh. It's the FTX guys, but yeah. we'll get into that. It's the guys who failed the audit on FTX, then rebranded their name and were the ones who audited TUSD. That's where we get into the really fun part of the story here. But here, let's get into some of the weird shady stuff. TUS, so now we're going from Prime Trust into TUSD, by the way, guys. So TrueUSD, one of their major custodians here, was uh, Prime Trust. To be clear, only 26,000 of funds were left uh, at Prime Trust. That's being reported. So originally, people were like, holy shit, TUSD can't be backed. Millions of dollars lost. It's $26,000, so hold your horses. But obviously, it's causing people to go down the TUSD rabbit hole like myself. TUSD announced on June 22nd they had no exposure to Prime Trust. I talked to you guys about this. Literally, the day before, or the next day, these dates are backwards, informed customers that due to a letter Prime Trust received on January 21st, the customers could not mint or redeem TUSD. So they said, we have no exposure, that a day later said, hold up, we can't mint or redeem right now because of our exposure to Prime Trust, who we have no exposure to. Then TUSD accounted for most the most Bitcoin volume on June 22nd. Right, So here you go. Suspended all deposits. That was after. And then they said, oh, shit. Uh, no, we actually do have exposure. Then BUSD, uh, TUSD, the most volume on on Biden's, right? I can go out of order here. I can show you this, which is really interesting. And I think Mike has some more color on this. But we saw a billion coins on June 15th, just the week before that, of TUSD minted on Binance. Mind you, guys. It's a billion coins. The total circulating supply of TUSD is 3 billion. So at that point, they went from 2 billion to 3 billion, a 50% increase in market cap and circulating supply of TUSD. And then after that mint, this is where that happened. I'm not making a conspiracy theory, but Mike has some evidence and we've seen some uh, correlation between these moves. The deadest bottom on June 15th at the exact same time as that mint alert was the deadest bottom of Binance of the move uh, of Bitcoin at 24721 before. All right. Mike, you, you said that uh, you now can look at yeah. three last major mints and all of them preceded, what, a 20% move within a week on Bitcoin. Yeah, so time is a flat circle. I feel like we're talking about Tether uh, and the rumors around that. I wish TreeUSD actually published the same kind of reserves that Tether does, which, surprise, surprise, they're a market leader for that. But so for TUSD, Feb 17, we see that they start and they move on to Binance platform, only $50 million minted. Next month, they issue $700 million new uh, TUSD. Market goes up 35% over a seven-day period. The next two 20% plus moves, including the one you saw on June 14th, preceded $500 million and $1 billion issuances. Now, it's entirely possible that a large group of people all simultaneously decided they wanted TUSD to purchase uh, a lot of Bitcoin. 
But there's starting to be a little bit of a labor here where we're seeing the only place where you can uh, exchange TUSD is preceding the pump every time. And, um, you know, this is going to be bad for regulators to not only hit Binance again, but also to start regulating all of the uh, stablecoins. But to be fair, BUSD basically was eliminated by uh, the United States government right in their action against Paxos. And Binance very transparently said, well, since we had, you know, no fee trading on BUSD, we're going to move to TUSD. So there is a very good, very logical reason there would be tremendously more demand for minting this by Binance because this was basically the main place they were telling people to go after BUSD. So that could very well be the reason that we're seeing something like this. That would have been BUSD or another coin. But I mean, the, the coincidence is just crazy. Now, listen, now we got to get into the auditor. This is from Adam Cochran, who he often has these great threads. He's been wrong in the past, but still some great threads. Wait, the auditor who has been attesting to the TUSD audits in Prime Trust was the old FTX auditor who set up under a new name after the FTX scandal. These guys literally audited the biggest grift in history and just renamed themselves. They went from the name Armanino to the network firm. And their chain link oracle is, is just 17 different nodes all pulling from the same source. Okay. Their account last posted, they had multiple rails on June 23rd, the same day they sent an email to users saying Mint and Redeem was paused. God, I mean, we can go so far down this, guys. Uh, it's it's got a lot of the things that we've already discussed here. Can't redeem, apparently. People are saying that they can't redeem and that TrueUSD actually sent them to Binance to go trade the coins out. Just like go trade it for USDT or something, but you can't redeem directly. I mean, this is such, I, I don't even want to spend the time, honestly, guys, there's so much here, but we're famous for being the first audit firm in the metaverse, which is an absolutely ludicrous idea. Look, if we want institutional controls, go to an institutional audit firm. Yes. The big four is expensive. It's going to cost you 300 to $500,000 to audit. If they'll do it, yeah. they're not touching crypto outside of Coinbase, but yeah. Oh. I know for a fact, Big Four, they were on the scene when FTX went under. They would have been there auditing. Something, you bring a $9 billion client in, people will figure out how to onboard them. But, you know, look, we I've worked with firms that have under a billion dollars of assets, and we've been able to get Big Four. I've worked, my own company, we've approached Big Four, and they've had the conversation. They gave us, a, you know, a check size, or in a bill size that would have been like, do it or go away, but it's not impossible. These firms are there. You don't have to go, you know, into Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse to go ahead and find an auditor. You, you, you guys are living here. Circle is audited by Deloitte. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's possible. Uh, I mean, but this is the gist. You have a stable coin that won't tell you it's banking partners. The only one they've announced is Prime Trust. So nobody knows where the rest of their assets are. The one known partner is Bankrash. <laughs> has audits from a former FTX auditor, is attested by an Oracle run uh, run only by that auditor, doesn't seem to be redeeming and made and uh, pumped $2 billion into circulation after knowing they had issues. I would just be really careful around TrueUSD here, guys. I, I don't know. This one's hilarious. I don't know if you guys saw this. They deleted the tweet saying TrueUSD is 100% reserved, right? You can see here, if you look at their tweet thread, that's not there. And then you go back to the screenshot, which was taken before, and it says that... Uh, this proves they're 100% reserved. They literally deleted the tweet. Well, I mean, it, it seems like they do these things. They announced that they hit a new uh, high watermark of traded volume today. 
when they, oh my God, this is, it's my favorite tweet of the year. My favorite tweet of the year is that somebody like clearly, as someone said somewhere, like the intern just didn't get the, the notes and tweeted that they had hit a high watermark of trading volume today. And it was like a new milestone of $68 billion. I mean, while everybody on the planet is looking at them for wash trading and potential fraud and their ties to prime trust. I mean, can you get any more colorblind than this? I mean, and you forgot the deep, that it detagged. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a, like, yeah, it was like 9.9985, a very minor deep head. But guys, I mean, what do you make of this in general? I mean, what's the conclusion here <laughs> before we move on? Like I said, I wasn't going to do the deep dive prime trust because a lot of this is fun. These are for man on accounts. But when you put it all together, it's pretty clear that they're not being very transparent at the very least. Well, the interesting thing is the DPEG hit almost 70 cents on Binance US. But in DeFi, it's not even in the top 40 coins for uh, for exchange. So this is suggesting to me that this is institutional trade desk taking advantage. And in that case, it'd be US-based trade desk. So, so they're shorting it? They're basically depegging it by taking advantage of an arbitrage opportunity? Or, yeah, Absolutely. Just look where the blood was uh, right after FTT and Terra Luna. I'm thinking we're going to have the usual four and five letter trade desks coming in scooping up a bunch of money and probably paying a fine in a few months uh for doing it just like they did with the uh, uh terra luna dpeg and sec violation uh i mean josh you heard it all i i i i, I don't know about that um i we'll see I, I mean a lot of those guys aren't trading crypto right now because of U.S. regulatory related issues. Basically, the market makers, all of them are our clients, so we know them very well. They're, if if they had an offshore entity, they continue to trade. If they didn't have an offshore entity, they're really not doing much anymore. Um, but a lot of these guys had already moved off offshore. Yeah, I mean, this is well, this is this is back to this is the same auditor thing. I didn't realize somebody had already kind of scooped this up, but this is pretty funny. This network firm has 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 had a LinkedIn for a few years. There was one employee at it, and then uh, and then all of a sudden it went up to thirteen uh, in March of twenty twenty three. So that's pretty great. The so website is. I mean, this is go to the true USD website is just laughable. I mean, it, it's so funny. You the, the language you you were showing me once I what what is it true USD? Just type it in and then Google it. Yes. They use pixelated and you But guys, this is like these are supposed to be regulated, but we'll we'll find it here. To Josh's point, like you have better insight on (laughs) operated by a regular operator, but I don't operating under the operations of an operating operator. Who are they regulated by? I they haven't. I can't figure it out. I was like trying to figure out who they're regulated by. Look, I mean, I'm not trying to to, like. I like. I don't. I would think that Binance would know better, um, especially after. I mean, the thing that's crazy, by the way, about U.S. regulators is that Paxos was a trusted real entity that they just shut down, and now people's assets are being moved to this. Thing. Um, Paxos had a New York trust license. They were regulated in New York State. They were federally regulated as well, and they shut that down because, you know... Uh, but only on BUSD, not on USDP, which is Paxos's own stablecoin. Yeah, which is the same thing. Um, right. But, Literally yeah. the same thing. So the difference hey. is that the USD had... $50 billion and PUSD has like 50 cents. Uh, it, there's just such a huge discrepancy. But I mean, look, you'd think Bi- Binance would 
do their diligence and their homework, especially with the regulatory crackdown and not work with somebody who who has all... I mean, this this website is ridiculous. I, I could build a better website in Wix.com by the end of this call. Uh, uh, so Josh, you bring up a really interesting point on the regulator. So the federal regulators are doing these actions that force investors into shadier and loosely regulated, loosely guided products. The state regulators are doing a fantastic job. Nevada shutting down Prime Trust. Texas, uh, they just made their filing against Abra, which Abra now has exposure to Prime Trust and uh, TUSD. But remember, Texas and Nevada were the first ones to file against um, FTX. So while the federal regulators were courting FTX and trying to push this forward, the Texas uh, regulators came forward and said, we don't. We think you're offering illegal securities. We think you're doing uh, legal marketing and we don't see any proof of reserves of what you're doing. So I don't know what's happening that the state regulators, uh, often states that people would think are, quote, business friendly, but they're really regulatory friendly, are doing such great jobs. You even pointed out New York. New York is an onerous pain in the ass to do regulation here, but it's a lot better than just going up to the federal level and getting shot in the face for trying to do something right. So we're seeing a clear divide growing. We, we do. I, I think it's, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I think it is a state by state basis though, because you know, the Alabama uh, Coinbase thing is a little ridiculous, right? So, um, Oh, there's a, and, I mean, but it, but yeah, I think it's clear the States though, in general, if, if anyone is doing good, it's at certain state levels, right? Some of them are. I, yeah. I think it shows, look, politicians are not, you know, they're individuals, right? And at the end of the day, they they operate individually, right? And the same thing goes with regulators, right? So within the SEC, Hester is great, right? So it's 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 an individual by individual basis. There's just a lot of individuals who are not doing a good job. All right, do I have to move on to, I see Chris and, and Burb waiting in the wings. Michael, Josh, thank you so much. Josh, you're going to be on Spaces in 30 minutes, right? 30 minutes. So I'll just get to on the conversation. Michael, man, thank you so much for digging into this with me uh, behind closed doors and trying to figure it out. We're gonna we're gonna go deeper into this once we get more. It's inevitably like every twenty four hours, I think this story is gonna grow. So just so. A, a final thought: if you yeah. see a crypto company and it has the name Trust in it, you should definitely trust it. That's my totally opinion. totally Prime No Trust. That was gonna be our title. I think uh, Misha had Prime No Trust, but uh, we we pivoted last. No trust and no trust token. Yeah, perfect. All right, guys. Thanks. Speak to you soon. Hey, guys. Okay, cool. Now, ob- obviously, this next segment, as you guys know, sponsored by, I still can't do the direction, OKX, where you can trade all the stuff we're about to talk about. We're running a couple minutes late. Chris, you know, usually I got you on here earlier, man. I'm sorry. We're waiting in the wings while we were uh, fudding stable coins. I can't hear you. Can, can Chris, I can't hear you. I'm not sure if anybody can hear you, but I cannot hear you. Let me see if I can hear Burp. Can I hear you? Or is it me? Lift your mic. I can hear you. Go. <laughs> I can't hear Chris. I can hear you. God. You guys are just humbling my beards on a level that I, I can't even can't even imagine. Well, I, mean, I got you, Burp. So listen, we're gonna we're gonna start talking here. Um the idea, obviously, guys, as you know, we'll see if Chris, can we hear you? You're muted. Guys, we we do big tech checks here. It's very important. You have yourself muted. Don't figure it out. There's a mute button on the bottom there. It says mute. 
Dead here. So try try out try out try out restarting hard, hard refreshing or restarting the browser, and maybe it's just a new kind of like you know update to the Google Chrome or whatever browser you use. Cool. Just in the meantime, Burb, I know that like guys, the criteria, like I said, now for the trading section is we just get like the three best ideas or three most compelling things that someone has. So that's what we're going to do with you. I know you got Bitcoin XLE and I think XLY XLP. So do I go ahead and share your screen? Let's take a look first at uh, Bitcoin. Correct. Right on. Um, yeah. So sh should I, I share? Should I share? Yeah, please. Okay. Very good. Let me, let me get it up. We're ready for everything here, guys. Always. Heavily prepped. Okay, you good? I see myself yeah. in your screen. Correct, correct, correct. Let me find it real quick. So it's going to be this one to start to start off. Perfect. Can we see it? Yep. Excellent. So um, long story short, you know, I'd say that Bitcoin is right now in the, well, first of all, bull market. And assuming that it's it's critical. And it's still my opinion. It's a fact. And it's a fact because the market trends tend to tell so, right? So it's. It's not debatable anymore. It's something that we cannot deny. Uh, anybody denying this is a bull market is basically caught in cognitive dissonance and fighting their own behavioral biases, aka uh, forcing their mind to believing what their eyes see at the time. Right. So it's 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 a psychological game there. Uh, otherwise, again, just look, looking at a straight line uh, representing the bull market line or a bear market line, aka under the moving average. It climbs up continuously and even more aggressively over the time ever since mid-March or early March, right? And this has been a lagging indicator. This is insensitive to the price fluctuations that are recency bias. It's not biased towards recency, uh, which uh, which which arguably again has its own pros and cons, right? So this is insensitive insensitive data, and it insensitive data climbs up consistently for three four months on average. Uh, more and more aggressively, this has nothing to do with the bear market, right? 200 days of price action, Bitcoin averaged out and they continue to move for 130 days or so upwards with no change, right, uh, to the upside. So it's 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 very it's very plain, it's very simple and straightforward. So uh, let this is just to set the facts right from the very beginning. Anything else, again, that is just discussing, that is just denying that is uh, is an opinion. Right, and opinions suck because they lose money. We cannot rely on opinions in our trading because we lose money consistently. Uh, now, has ever proven that trading on opinions, uh, you know, can be beneficial over the longer period of time. You make it lucky once in a while. You may roll a dice and get, you know, five times in a five times in a row the same res result. You may you may flip a coin, you know, fifty times in a row, maybe ten out of fifteen you get heads, but it doesn't make you the big the biggest genius coin flipper in history. It's right. Like. So, Bert, if we're in the bull market here, then, like, I mean, we should move to, like, what do you expect next, right? Obviously, we have this move up, this massive move up from 25 to 31. Okay, right. And by the way, in the newsletter today, instead of doing my own Bitcoin analysis, I just shared your thread from yesterday. I was like, guys, this is way deeper than anything I'm going to do. And I said, just listen to Bert. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so... Like I said, you know, I love focusing on the five switches on the left-hand side, right? Anything regarding, you know, the right-hand side of the chart is basically the unknown, is is uncertain future, so it's subject to biases, is it subject subject uncertainty, right? However, what we know is that if we rely on the facts, the fact that trends tend to persist more likely than they are to reverse, then we're most likely looking at a continuous climb higher, regardless of what's happening, you know, here in the short term, right? 
So there might be a chance right now. We are obviously, you know, stuck in the overall range spreading between 24.8 uh, and 31.4, right? Uh, we've made uh, new highs, which is good, which is positive, right? Eventually, the bull market is a sequence of higher highs and higher lows that eventually accelerate, right? This is the beauty of, of, of simple technical analysis, classics, and, and, and crypto. So uh, again, arguably, it is a matter of time until we're supposed to climb higher. Of course, un unless you know some regulatory stuff pops up, etc. Right? So, so just only discounting what we see in the chart uh, and assuming that you know non-nuclear war globally will burst, you know, etc. Uh, we are looking at the fairly positive concept, uh, context. On top of that, the year is uh, the bull, the most bullish setup you could ever get. You could ever ask. And eighty one might be first. Correct. Crazy. That's it. That's it. Chris, speak. I just want to hear real quick. Me? Chris, is your mic working? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Slide. So you're allowed to comment now on what Burb's saying and take the, take the pressure off me. Uh, Burb, do you mind if we flip to Chris's Bitcoin chart real quick? And then we'll go on to, uh, we'll, for the next 12 minutes, run to XLE and the other ones you got. What do you got here, Chris? Yeah. So this is a chart. Um, I've put out a few charts over the last, uh, you know, I don't know, I guess this year. Um, longer term looking charts, kind of looking at different things because, you know, again, uh, when, when you look at Wyckoff, most people don't understand it. They don't understand the idea of accumulation and, and uh, distribution, even though they talk about it a lot. Um, so I've, I've tried to kind of show all these different ways in which uh, we can probably tell that the bottom is most likely it. And so this is one of those charts, and we kind of look at these uh, bear to market to bull market stages here. And so, uh, you know, going back through time, uh, basically, you know, step one is you print that swing low. Uh, step two is you cross above the uh, the 20 MA. Step three is this pullback. And usually either you're going to have this real strong move up, which just kind of pulls back locally and continues, or you're going to have a pullback to the uh, the 20 MA right here. Uh, and that's your three. And that's that retest there. Four, then the, the fourth stage of it is the rest of that rally. And that rally is usually up to at least 61.8. So if you were to retrace the entire bear market uh, here, it gets up to about 61.8% of that. Uh, and then that usually is completing there around the Ichimoku Cloud's highest point. So you can kind of see it right in here. Uh, you can see it again right here. I've got the square around each one of the show it here. So, you know, again, it's continually doing that, looking at it as it, can, as it repeats over and over again. Um, you know, again, that gets us up here into that, basically that kind of... Um, upper 40s, lower 50s kind of target area uh, before we actually get a real pullback. And so, I mean, for me, uh, just just another way to kind of look at it, you know, uh, where people maybe are a little bit more comfortable because there's a little bit more patterns. Uh, you know, I think Burbs talked about it before where, uh, where you know, as human beings, we tend to uh, find patterns. We tend to, even if they're not really there, we tend to find them pretty easily. Uh, and so, you know, again, you got wedges and you've got, you know, uh, the same kind of pattern of movement. So uh, I reposted this chart here recently because it's it's still holding through. Again, there's one other one here. And by the way, notice on the uh, the the weekly Stoke RSI here, we're just now breaking back out of oversold. So there's still a lot of room to go in as well as with the RSI here. But the other one here that I thought was interesting was another one I put out a few months back. And the big idea here is this uh, purple line, this resistance from uh, December of 2017. So uh, that all-time high over there. And then it comes up here, and you get a retest here uh, in August of last year, a retest again here in February of this year. And then we broke up and came down, and here we are retesting it as support. 
And now, you know, again, busting right up here. As, as, uh, as Adrian was saying there, you know, two months downward, you know, in a week, we took it all back out. So, I mean, you know, again, the same kind of line here holding through. I a higher high in the process. I mean, yeah, I'm getting going I, I just, 10 weeks. Other people talking about, you know, oh, I'm, I'm still bearish and, you know, my invalidation level hasn't been set, but they can't ever tell you. You ask them over and over again, well, what's your invalidation level? I mean, they don't give you one. And, and I'm going to tell you Some guys, number higher that I'm going to change. And yeah, that'll keep over it, right? I'm like, listen, guys, if you're traders and you talk to somebody and they're like, oh, you know, well, my, it hasn't been validated yet. And they can't tell you what the invalidation level is. It's because they don't honestly have one. It makes it easier for them to emotionally continue to move the, the, the goalposts there and the boundaries and, and keep on going on. And it's a really dangerous way to trade. You're going to lose. Risk management is absolutely the most important part, guys. Period. End of sentence. Absolutely agree. So listen, we're all bullish on Bitcoin. I think it's very clear. Burb, you wanted to take a look at a XLE uh, premise of a potential energy reversal here, right? Your mic's muted. Correct. Right on. Here we go. Uh, so Chris obviously uses this 100% correct and right, and I just, uh, and I love listening to it. All right. So whatever Chris says out there. So, um, yeah, long story short, I'd say that there is a very decent chance that we are looking at a historical reverse in the energy sector of the S&P 500, right? And again, take it with a grain of salt. I may be wrong. Like there are some, but so many stuff that we cannot predict. There's, of course, wars, war on the side going on. And of course, Russia is a big content, you know, about, about the energy set, you know, energy supplies, et cetera. So take it with a grain of salt. However, just by looking at the trends slowly, uh, slowly, you know, we, we, we are probably most likely losing the edge of the bulls anymore, right? If you have a look, we spent about two months already below the joint of the moving average, which has slowed significantly. And even though this is a logarithmic chart, you know, it, it is clearly to be seen basically that the whole, uh, the whole chapter of 2022, you know, the energy was, was the best performer. 2022 was the year of the energy, right? It was the best performer, you know, the energy uh, spiked, you know, aggressively also with the, with the Russia-Ukraine war burst, et cetera, right? Uh, so the narrative has cooled down a little bit, of course. Uh, it's still sensitive to, to the use. However, the trends um, arguably, you know, have flipped, right? We are not bullish anymore. We're moving in a sideways kind of like a rectangle, maybe a little bit. There was some slip on top, you know, maybe like a double double top right there, uh, overthrown. You know, you get a situation when the resistance is, is, is overthrown and the market just turns back to the resistance. This, this causes this major reversal pattern more often than not, right? So... Uh, Arguably, what is more relevant, more important, more indicative of the future is, uh, is the relative strength study, right? The relative strength study is basically dividing one price of one security by another. And uh, in this context, we can tell which one is the leading uh, leading sector in, or the lagging sector, right? So by dividing XLE versus SPX, S&P 500, we're looking at a continuous relative strength ratio decline ever since 2023 started or even prior to it, right? So October and November, right? Bull market started for the stocks uh, with the bottoming process around the S&P 500 for October, etc. Ever since the S&P 500 has continuously outperformed and beaten the XLE, the energy is actually the worst performer right now. If you go ahead and look the numbers, right? It's one of the worst performers, uh, um, you know, among other defensive sectors. So the the bull market has has clearly come in to the stocks as well. The energy is not no longer a preferred choice by investors, right? And the relative strength, again, ratio it continues to climb, uh, sorry, continues to make and put in lower highs and low lows. We continue to print lower lows on the relative strength ratio. What it tells me is that there is a continued dislike and this lack of interest, the decline in the interest of investors, 
among investors to prefer energy over the S&P 500. It means that the investors are clearly far more risk offense uh, oriented than well done in the last year, right? So there is this arguable lack of demand shaping or slight significant decrease in the demand for the energy for something that is defensive or something that is recessionary in a way uh, for the setup, right? And uh, and there is a strong tilt towards the risk on side of the market, right? S and P five hundred. So uh, and again, we're spending sixty days, almost calendar days, below the two hundred moving average, which has not been the case for, for many many years until the bull market started or the silly, right? Uh, within the COVID COVID year. So arguably, again, not only does the trend has slowed, we are we're, we've lost the steam of the actual bull that lasted from twenty twenty all the way through twenty twenty uh, to mid. Right, and we continue to stay and reject and kind of like make ourselves comfortable on the energy side uh, below the 200-day moving average, which represents the bull market or the bear market. So right now, it seems like we are probably not in the bull market anymore. The related strength ratio continues to decline, uh, which again proves the validity of, of this kind of like a shift on the preference uh, that the investors do not prefer energy anymore. Right, and on top of that, uh, well, overall. Energy is not doing well in the inflationary context, right? So whenever the, the, there is this inflationary uh, thrust from the Feds, eventually potentially after the coming, you know, optional to to hikes, you know, this may give them, um, well, even more risk offense, right? To pump in the liquidity into the market, the markets to better the risk assets to better the risk the risk of defensive stocks to worse. Uh, and that's also one of the reasons to believe that there might be a major, major turn confirmation, right? Uh, as the related strength often leads to price. Same way we had the breakout here when the energy was at the bottom of a symmetrical triangle uh, right there at the boundary, right? The the energy, the relationship ratio often leads to price. So new lows continue to be printed, no new lows on the price, just maybe we may, uh, we are yet to see the new lows on the energy that would validate. We only got a few minutes left, obviously, because I have to go to Twitter Spaces soon. So, Chris, do you have a shared thoughts on that? Um, I don't have a chart with me at the moment here, but yeah, I mean, I agree. No need to. Yeah, yeah. What no, chart I... you have pulled up there? Do what? I see you have a chart pulled up there, though. And oh, yeah, it's just uh, E-minis, S&P. Yeah, let's take a look at stocks really quick, because Burb obviously said stocks, bull market, energy, bear market, Bitcoin, bull market, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing different here. Same thing, you know, when I talked about uh, the bottom of uh, Bitcoin there, you know, again, same idea. I hit the low in June, mid-August swing high has always been the thing across all the charts to get above. Uh, then we had this, you know, here it was October swing low. Um, you know, and, and I've been talking about it, break it out above that, gives us an ABC down, break it out above, locks it in as corrective. Um, based on this kind of uh, ascending barrier triangle here, we've got a pattern target right around 46 4150 uh locally here uh it looks like we should break out higher up to at least 45 72 25 so those are kind of the two targets i'm looking at i think once it gets up around that area then we finally get a bit of a pullback um and then you know but it just continues up higher from there i believe uh, i'd have to get mike mcglone i'm gonna have to get mike mcglone from mondays on with all of us to tell us about the depression that's coming and how this has to all fail <laughs> Well, That's you know, everybody's got to have something to say, right? I just look at the charts. Of course. I can't blame you guys. Sorry it was a little shorter today. Uh, we got a little uh, carried away with the true USD prime trust stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously be back next Wednesday doing it again. Let me uh, take that out. 
Guys, listen, we're going to keep digging into that true USD thing because, like, we, you know, we got to get ahead of these insane stories because uh, they're, they're not good when they, when they, when they come too late. Um, and, yeah, I agree with you guys both uh, on the general sentiment there, energy being down, stocks, and Bitcoin up. I mean, I, I think it's going to just, I think Bitcoin's still going to rip faces. I really do. I still, I still see people saying 25,000 they're going to buy, and we were there last week. Yeah, well, you know, you get there. Everybody wants to buy at the lower point. Then when it gets there, it's like, well, now nah, I'm going to buy a little bit lower there. Well, 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 man, it didn't. It's 25. I literally, there. I literally there like 10 days ago or something. I, it blows my mind. Imagine missing an entry by one dollar, right? Yeah, yeah. Just buy, man. I don't know. I'm not financial advice, but uh, yeah. And and next time we're going to talk about all coins too, because I'm going to be honest, I'm about ready. <laughs> Very close. Once we see that impulsive move, that then I'm ready. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, going to be back obviously tomorrow morning, uh, night, uh, like which show is it? 9am Eastern standard time on YouTube. See everybody on Twitter spaces. I got to take this banner off. Thank you guys. Always a pleasure. Burb, Chris, your legends. Bye everyone. God bless. Take care guys. Let's go.